Ladies and gentlemen of America, this is AJC Radio, where we bring the message of justice all around the world. Have you ever stopped for one moment to ask yourself the question, how is it that injustice stands afar off? How do everyday citizens become victims of a system that has fallen off the rail? Tonight, AJC Radio starts an indefinite series of a system that has gone wrong and how lives have been affected in a very dramatic way. And we're going to take you step by step, folks, into some injustice that has happened. You're going to know the names of individuals. You're going to know their life. What do they do every day as you and I uh, spend our lives every day doing those things that we say matter? Uh, the everyday person that goes to work and, and does everything they can to support their families, and suddenly a whirlwind tsunami of injustice hits their lives and hits their front door. We're going to paint you a picture tonight. We're going to lay a foundation tonight of how does this happen in America. And I'll tell you, I got news for you. The forecast is not good. It continues to spiral out of control. AJC Radio is committed to exposing injustice wherever we find it. Ladies and gentlemen, hang on to your seats as we get ready for a journey that you'll definitely want to take. Hang on to your seats. We take off right now. And there you have it. I'm Lamont Banks, along with David Banks, Demetrius Harper, Kendrick Barnes, Dave Sapolo, Samson Riddle, Clinton Stewart, William Williams, Dennis Merritt, and the entire AJC radio team tonight as we get ready to, David, I believe, go down a journey that is in, it is very important that the voices of those that suffer at the hands of injustice, that those stories now, in 2022, we launched the launching pad, if you will, to expose this type of corruption and behavior. Your thoughts on it and the importance of it. Um, overall, Americans uh, are in the dark. Uh, the, the American so-called justice system, we just call it a system here at AJC Radio, is not what it appears to be, it's not what it's promoted to be, it's not what it's marketed and advertised as. And until people wake up, you, you'll see uh, bits and pieces, you see what happens to people like George Floyd, you see various cases on the media on the news that kind of uh, get attention but uh it is not what it appears to be it's not svu law and order it's none of that the justice system in this country people have no idea i, I would venture to say it's it's probably the most corrupt institution in this nation and it's it's its ability to destroy or ruin uh, the average citizen's life is is more uh, pronounced than any other area of our government. And we're gonna break it down uh, in details with examples, uh, cases, and facts that that they're just undeniable. So I really look forward to, people really need to tune in uh, to what's gonna be happening over the next month or so uh, regarding, uh, regarding uh, this system. And we're gonna tell it folks until the entirety of the story of what people's lives have been affected, how their lives have been affected. Uh, and the journey of being behind a, a system, uh, of being a victim of a system that has destroyed, uh, and the attempt is to destroy the lives of people, um, it is important that we share it. Because I'll tell you what, on any given day, 
you could be the next person subject uh, to this type of injustice. Uh, Dave Zappolo. Well, when you see, when people sit here and listen to this series, they're going to understand how easy it is going to be for anybody in America to go into the system. The government will uh, make up whatever they want to bring you in. They'll make things that are perfectly innocent look like they're crimes, and they'll pull you into the system, and then you struggle to get out. Even with innocence, they'll drag your name through the mud. You can be found innocent at the end, but the average person in America will think that you're guilty because of the way they spin everything. No, absolutely right. And, and I'll tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, what you're going to hear, somebody may tell you, oh, this isn't possible. We have the best system in the world. We're going to debunk that garbage out of the gate. We do not have the best justice system because justice is no longer in the title. We have a system that I don't think, again, to David's point, what people have suffered and people are blind in their delusion to believe we have the best system until it comes to your front door. When that comes to your front door and it's mom and it's dad, sister, brother, child, uh, children who you are fighting to try to help, we get calls and letters from all over the country saying, please help us. We've been done wrong this way. Man, my brother's innocent. My sister, man, she didn't do anything. Over and over and over again. We're going we're gonna to uncover it, folks. That's our job. Uh, other side of the break, we're going to get comments from our uh, host here at the table. As we get ready, folks, to go on a journey, and I'm going to tell you, it's going to be some difficult hills on this journey. Uh, it'll be difficult at times. But our intent is to, is to put it out there as the truth because that's what it is. And uh, we're going to deal with all these issues. I think, I think Samson, you had a comment before we take to break. Yeah, I really hope that like, this series goes, you know, to, to honestly pull back the veil that is clouding the vision of at least 90-some percent of the citizens that are in this country that, you know, like you said, that they think we have the best system in the world, that they think that justice is truly there. And, and you know, a, a great judge said justice is green. There is no black, there is no white. It's green. You got enough money, you get, you know, the justice that you want to pay for. Everybody else, the common citizen, they're, they're railroaded by this system. You know, there is no innocence until proven guilty. And I hope that throughout this series, people's eyes are really open to the truth rather than just, you know, believing what, you know, they're being fed through mainstream media. Oh, absolutely right. And we're going to deal with it. Feel free, folks, tonight, if you want to comment on this journey as we get started here, 646-200-0628. Excuse me, 646-200-0628 is the number that you can call in. Uh, we're going to get ready to get uh, down to business, folks. This is AJC Radio, the journey of exposing a system that has failed. We'll be right back. She's coined a new term for the times we're living in. Brace for it, parents of America. Alternative facts. Alternative facts. What are those? Oh, what? Alternative facts? Lies. We fibs. Also known as stereotypes or false narratives. It's like saying black history began with slavery. That's offensive. Or that we'll never see another black president in our lifetime. What about me? This Black History Month, we're focusing on the facts, not on toner facts. Indisputable. Truth. Real. Black girl magic is real. Black boy joy is real. Black wealth is real. Black beauty is real. Black support is real. Black excellence is real. It's real. Black love, that's real. Black lives are real. 
I'm real. Black history didn't begin with slavery. And it doesn't end with the Obamas. Whom we love. And miss, no, like, really, we really miss you. Facts. For a kid whose mom or dad is in prison, life is tough. Now add a wrongful conviction to that, life just got a little bit tougher. Trying to explain to friends why mom or dad is not at the school play or at the ball game is something that no kid should ever be faced with, especially if mom or dad is innocent. Ladies and gentlemen, get involved today to stop the epidemic of wrongful convictions by remembering a just cause with a monthly, annual, or one-time donation. You can help in the fight against wrongful convictions. Call a just cause today, 1-855-529-4252. We seek justice for the children as they go to bed at night and mom's not there, dad's not in the other room to make them feel safe. Not because dad or mom did anything wrong, because justice could not be found. Join us for the children, for they truly are our future. The United States of America incarcerates more people than any other country in the world. In fact, the U.S. hosts more prison inmates than all other developed nations combined. As of 2010, the world population was over 6.8 billion people, with an estimated 9.8 million in jail. This figure, compiled by the International Center for Prison Studies, refers both to individuals held in jail awaiting trial and inmates serving time after sentencing. So there are 9.8 million human beings on planet Earth living inside of cages that we know of. In 2010, the U.S. was home to about 309 million people, 4.5% of the world's total population, but housed 23% of the world's prisoners. So take a moment to think about what this means. It means we imprison more people than enormous autocratic countries like China. We imprison more people than Russia. Compared to the size of our population, our rate of imprisonment dwarfs our closest allies, like the United Kingdom, France, and Canada. As of 2010, there were over 1.6 million post-trial inmates serving sentences in America's state and federal facilities. This number does not include those being detained pre-trial or those on probation. The most unique feature of incarceration in America is the large and active role of our federal government. In most countries, crime is reacted to at the local or regional level, whereas the American government finances and legislates a significant portion of law enforcement at the national level. State governments still do their fair share of incarceration, though. California and Texas incarcerate more than other states with over 171,000 inmates each. Florida is a close third with over 103,000 prisoners. But no single state locks up more people than the federal government with over 208,000 inmates. Perhaps the nickname Land of the Free, Home of the Brave, should be updated. Though I suppose you need to be brave to endure the highest likelihood of incarceration the world has ever known. Prisons are not what we think about when we think of America, and they shouldn't have to be. A free nation shouldn't imprison so many people, and a fiscally responsible nation can't afford to. 
With close to $40 billion a year in state correctional spending, the financial costs are obvious and staggering alone. But the human costs are often underappreciated. 1.6 million fathers and mothers, brothers and sisters, sons and daughters of American families are incarcerated. It's time for people to realize that the criminal justice system in America is desperately in need of reform. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to AJC Radio tonight as we in, embark on a journey, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to be difficult at best. Nevertheless, it is a simple task to speak the truth. We start that journey right now on AJC Radio with a justice system. And again, we're going to get used to taking that out of the equation, out of the title the legal system in this country for individuals and the rights of individuals that were supposed to be honored and protected at all costs. Uh, America has lost her way without question. And you say, well, how do you know that? Uh, well, we lived it. We continue to live it every single day in this country. Uh, African-Americans, minorities, and the truth of the matter is, if injustice visits your front door, whether you're white, black, uh, whatever nationality you may be or what background you may come from, it is a horrific nightmare. And, but we're going to be talking uh, and exposing and rolling, if, we, if you will, uh, the curtain back on a justice system, David, that not only is in this country, not only are you dealing with conspiracy, not only are you dealing with powerful institutions of the legal system, federal and state systems, that have conspired and the steps that are taken to ensure injustice, to ensure misery. I mean, there's no, there's no right way to paint this picture. There's no nice way to paint it. People are suffering. People are hurting as a result of a no-care attitude in this system that has destroyed families, that has destroyed homes, that has divided a nation based upon these things, David, and that's important that, that we paint this picture as horrific and truthful as it is because it is exactly that. It's our hope that we do justice to that. Well, I'll say it's not what it appears to be. And uh, We've we've said it was a front organization. We've characterized it as that, and you will see it's a front organization. The, the system is not used for the purposes that it was set up to be used for. It is a system for hire, where people, where the parties in the system and and the people who work in the system are doing pretty much whatever they want to do and manipulating the system however they want and 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 they are 
participate together uh, as you said uh, Lamont that they conspire and they work together to do things that are just that are just plain wrong and, and, and the only people to suffer for it the little people in this country are suffering as a result of that not with sin. do people commit crime yes they do do people uh, do other things wrong uh, that 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 this system would need to address the problem is it doesn't appropriately address uh, the issues because men continue to get in the way with their own agendas and they're doing their work for hire prosecutors are working for hire and for the minute I want to do a quick plug on a book uh, called The Tyranny of Good Intentions I, I think everybody really needs to read this book uh, it's how prosecutors and law enforcement are trampling the Constitution in the name of justice. So it, it's something that people really need to read. It gives you some more good insight on uh, the this criminal justice system and how it actually functions. Uh, again, that's the tyranny of good intentions, how prosecutors and law enforcement are trampling the Constitution in the name of justice. Authors are Paul Craig Roberts and Lawrence M. Stratton. I would encourage anybody to get this book. It's been out for a while. It's a devastating indictment of the the system of justice in the United States. And these guys are high profile, uh, well-respected individuals uh, in in the law and and ethics that are talking about uh, these issues. And like I said, we'll visit some of this book through uh through our discussion uh of the cases that we're going to br- bring to bear here well, absolutely right and, and let me make this point clear Kendrick, i think i'll come to you here in a second uh this has to be done in the raw there's not a person at this table uh, that will be in discussion doing this journey that has not felt the sting of injustice um it is a emotional sad, hurtful, harmful act. And I don't th- we're going to paint you that picture. For, for people to be behind a wall and to be pursued like prey, to do one thing, not find the truth, not let's do the right thing in this system. It is to destroy you. It is to end you. And that's why but people don't they don't want to go down that journey. This system is to end you. You're going to hear about it. How does a system snatch people from their families? In a moment. You wake up today, you have a job, you're taking care of your family, and suddenly the actions all the way down to the police to the prosecutors, to the judges. Your world is turned upside down. And who are the casualties of this act? Innocent children. Parents who, we will tell you on this journey, have cried too many tears to count. This is the reality of this system. So as long as you tell yourself, oh, we got the best system, we're doing okay, it's not really that bad, you're blind. We take the blinders off tonight on this show 
And for the weeks to come, I would implore you to tell your friends, tell your family. If you've never understood a system, AJC Radio has been committed to Senate for a long time now. And we're going to deal with it. It's ugly. It's destructive. But it's not right. And as an advocate, it's our job to call that right wrong wherever we find it. Kendrick, go ahead, please. And uh, as David was talking about indictment, it just hit me. One of the biggest words right now or phrases in this culture right now is cancel culture. And if you want to talk about being cancel culture, uh, get on the wrong side of the justice system because that's how it's used. I mean, from the indictment, if you're just accused or have a charge or arrest record, that can get you fired from a government job. That can get your children friends if they even know hey uh one of my friends died you're treated differently in society that's right if they if you're convicted now a conviction is so easy i mean this is not hard because you got to think about how they how they pick jurors and and they they say it's all fair and and everything but these prosecutors do this every day i mean probably a couple times a year they they go through this process they know how to get the right people they want on the jury it's it's a controlled machine so once you are convicted, you good luck getting a job. Good luck trying to go back in society and do what you want to do. Don't have, I mean, I've, I've heard people that have had uh, convictions. Just so happen there's a gun in the car, legal. They get put with a uh, violent, now they're a violent felon. They've never shot anybody in their life. But it's these it's these steps that they take to basically let, let a conviction or a crime or anything you've done basically kick you out of society no absolutely right and that's a uh, that's a uh, that's a clear point uh and to that fact to that fact say for instance and we're going to deal with this guys Luana Clark uh, my dear sister who has uh, has passed away in 2018. A good woman, never in trouble with the law, a church counselor, uh, a ray of sunshine for everybody she came in contact with. Suddenly, one morning, her life changes. She's accused of a crime she never committed. And the crime, what they accused her of was perjury. Nobody goes to jail for perjury. And you don't think about Luana Banks-Clark, she was the furthest thing from a perjurer. Didn't happen. Not who she is, the character. I say this and I bring her name up because down the road on this journey, you're gonna learn about Luana Banks-Clark who in a moment as, 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 as Kendrick alluded to to be accused of something to the point where she was under such pressure not because she did anything wrong the government said she did and to Kendrick's point and to David's and to all those at this table for the heart of a mother who had to endure such pain. I'll tell you this right now as we get going. 
If a loved one goes to jail or to prison, the family members go right into the cell with them. The nights that you wish you could help that loved one that did nothing, but the system has no conscience. Yeah, and, and don't go for a visit because they treat you because if you visit, visit somebody that goes to prison or jail, you're, you might as well have done the crime also. It's, 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 it's when you sit here and we begin to, and we haven't even got started, you begin to dissect the cruelty of the system. We say all the time that, boy, that was cruel. That was, how could this happen? It, it, it was horrific. It was every negative adjective that you can bring. But to think about your sister, your brother, and the tears in their eyes when they see you, this is a cruelty. This is unjust. It is cruel. What is cruelty? It is beyond comprehension. But that is this system. And that's why we must expose it. David. Well, listen <clears throat> to a common a phrase they use. You can indict a ham sandwich. Okay, this is a widely accepted term in legal circles that you can indict anybody for anything. If you can indict a ham sandwich and they laugh about this, and it's almost sadistic, they laugh about, well, you can indict a ham sandwich. That means anybody can be charged with a crime. Regardless. Regardless. Uh, you don't even have to do anything. Obviously, a ham sandwich has no, no ability. It's just an inanimate object. It's just what it is. But the law is so crooked, and the grand jury system is so broken until you can indict somebody with a little of nothing just off it doesn't have to have any evidence a prosecutor goes in paints a picture don't need much evidence and a person can end up indicted and when they talk about indictments even the, the supreme court talked about restraint on liberty disruption of employment strain on financial resources exposure to public scrutiny stress and anxiety just can come from an indictment so you put a person through this, oh, let's just screw them over, indict them. And then, obviously, your, your life is turned upside down when you're indicted. And now you're, 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 in the, you're struggling to try to find your way through this. You're inconvenienced. You're being booked in. All sorts of things are going on. People just kind of uh, treat this as something light, while people in this system just who have no accountability by the way because they all have immunity they just do exactly what they want to do and they can go after whoever they want to do if they got an axe to grind or they got an axe to grind or a friend of theirs has an axe to grind they just call call on their local prosecutor local police officer yeah we we need we need to do something they uh they pissed me off so to speak uh i need you to go after them and they and they can do it well, not only that, you have acts of retaliation. Again, folks, this is a foundation we're laying tonight. To have officers, and this goes to the police departments across the country, because the legal process starts from the time that a police officer is called for a complaint. It doesn't start just when you get in the courtroom. The minute you're asked to put your hands behind your back because of an accusation, your life is upside down. 
And to David's point, the suicide rate of people that have been indicted. Not guilty, not convicted. Indicted. The power in the hands of the government of the United States as well as the prosecution. You go to work, you get walked out. Man, this came up on your background. But I have to put food on the table for my family. My wife is under duress or stress for whatever medical issues that may be happening. Cruelty. Calculated cruelty. We're going to deal with all of this. How many people that are behind the wall that shouldn't be there? How do you wake up to another morning of depression and sadness and misery? How does a system not care at all of the outcome? Cruelty. And we're gonna we're gonna paint this picture that is so so very important. And and we're gonna go down. We're gonna bring up the name of a person. Yep. Tell you who he is, what was going on in his life, and then how charges were actually brought and they were indicted. And you're going to find out this is the most... Well, how can somebody be indicted for that? Because they have unlimited discretion. That's right. To, well, just screw them over and indict them. You, when you hear about some of these personal stories and who these people were, upstanding citizens... Law-abiding citizens. Law-abiding citizens, and all of a sudden, in a moment, your life is turned upside down. You're being booked into a jail, getting your fingerprints, taking DNA... Uh, strip being stripped out. They're doing all kinds of stuff to humiliate you to go through this process. It is, it is a sore evil in this country. I can tell you, Dave. Well, we were talking about indictment. I actually testified at the grand jury that Lawana Banks Clark testified at, and they will direct the questions to get the indictment to get the answer that they want. They will keep asking the same question over and over again. And if you contradict them, they will come after you. I, I actually brought evidence into the grand jury. They ushered me out the door so that I couldn't present that evidence. And when you see things like that, you know that there is no justice in front of a grand jury. If they want you, they've got you. As soon as they impanel that grand jury, you're done. And they're going to come after you. And then they're going to call your companies where you work and say, hey, they were indicted. Well, what does that mean? That means nothing. You haven't gone to trial. They're saying, well, maybe there was a crime. But there wasn't because you look at the grand jury will turn around and they don't get both sides of the story. They get the narrative that the prosecuting attorney wants to give them. And well, Absolutely and, right. Go ahead, David. And to add into that. And these people don't know this, uh, as far as the grand jury is concerned. The Supreme Court and the courts have ruled that the prosecutors, if there's evidence that proves proves your innocence, they don't have to present that to a grand jury. They can cherry pick whatever they want it through, whatever they find, and present that to the grand jury with whatever spin they want to put on it to get you indicted. That's why they say you can indict a, indict a ham sandwich. Prosecutors have no responsibility. They could fully know you're innocent, but we're going to indict them anyway. 
and this happens. Dave, Dave just mentioned mentioned what he went through at a grand jury. This is the way the system works. But then, then the way it's presented, well, a grand jury uh, indicted them. Uh, 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 a group of 20-plus citizens that went through a grand jury, they looked at the evidence. No, they didn't. They looked at what the prosecutor wanted to present to them. And then they go, go about to say, well, they'll have their day in court. Well, you're not going to get much more fairness in the court if the process is corrupt from the beginning. What you think this prosecutor who took in uh, cherry-picked uh, evidence with spin to a grand jury to get indictment, he all of a sudden is supposed to be uh, is supposed to be the, this angel and, and, and this upstanding citizen when he goes into a court of law? No, that's the same person, and he's going to conduct himself in the same manner, same corrupt manner that he did in that grand jury. No, absolutely right. And these are things that, again, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to lay you a foundation where we're coming. And this is a Mack truck. This is a Mack truck headed your way. And the bottom line is, until we see and call the system what it is, you're never going to stand up. You're never going to fight and say, wait a minute. There are graves filled with individuals who said there was no way out. I can't go through this with my family. They are dead tonight. It's not a movie or a script. That is a reality. You can say what you want. You can gloss it over as this society has done for years. Because there's no knowledge nobody is exposing. Do you really understand what's going on? When, it, when an individual goes before a court? Tell you one, two ladies, sisters, went before a court for marijuana joints. They were sentenced 20 to life. To life. That's not something we're making up. It doesn't even make any sense. But this is the system. This is the system. You'll learn those words very clearly. This is the system. And until we stand up as people, as human beings, and pull the cover back, no matter how raw it is, say, man, what's going on in this country? People are suffering every single day. Somebody today got arrested that should have never been charged. Somebody today in this country was sentenced to an insurmountable amount of time in state or federal prison, and they're innocent. Somebody in this system may have died today by the hand of a correctional officer in this system. We're going to tell you all of this. Michael Anderson, his story will be told on this journey. The story of his son who took his life, that story will be told on this journey. So you want to know what the system is? You're getting ready to learn it. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, folks, as we continue this this journey, it's a serious one. 
This is AJC Radio. We'll be right back. Say goodbye to affordability and say hello to losing control. Discover Price Gougesol, the latest outrageously expensive drug from Big Pharma. It's impossible to afford and reverses the ability to pay other bills. Because drug companies raise prices to pay for commercials like this one, Side effects may include overdrawn bank accounts, bad credit scores, higher health care costs, children who don't get Christmas presents, and in some cases, the need to stop taking your medicine. If you experience any of these side effects, contact your financial advisor right away. Out-of-control drug costs are no joke. Yet nine of the ten biggest pharma companies spend more on advertising than research and development. Let's solve the cost crisis now. Visit csrxp.org. Do you know anyone who's been sent to prison who's innocent? The United States is experiencing record numbers of exonerations in cases where people were wrongfully convicted of crimes they did not commit. If you believe that no one should be sent to prison for crimes they didn't commit, there is something that you can do today. By remembering a just cause with a monthly, annual, or one-time donation, you can help in the fight against wrongful convictions. Call a just cause at 855-529-4252 or visit a-justcause.com and click the donate button. A just cause is a 501c3. Wrongful convictions are wrong. Let's be the voice of those who can't speak from behind the wall. Black History Month is a month of celebration, uh, a month of you know how far we've come, uh, our past, our people of today, uh, just a celebration of all black culture. The opportunities that we have today would not exist without the sacrifices uh, of those before us. They really paved the way for us. The things that really matter during the month is just to continue to push forward, to make sure we continue honoring those thoughts and, you know, those individuals. Mass incarceration means that we've got a very high rate of incarceration, historically, comparatively. And the other thing is the rate of incarceration is so high, so socially concentrated, we're no longer incarcerating the individual, but we're incarcerating whole social groups. The rate of incarceration now is about five times higher than it was historically. Historically, it was 100 per 100,000. Now it's about 500 per 100,000. If we look at prison, if we add jail to that, it's about 700 per 100,000. Nowhere in the world incarcerates as much as we do. We've seen extremely high rates of exposure to the criminal justice system for African-American men with very low levels of schooling. So if we think about black men who were born in the late 1970s and who were growing up through the American prison boom of the 1980s and the 1990s, the chances that they're gonna serve time in state or federal prison if they dropped out of high school is about 70%. So going to prison for that group of black men with very low levels of schooling, that's become a normal life event. And that's really only happened in the last 10 years. 
We're at this point now where there's about 1.2 million African-American children with a parent who's incarcerated. That's about one in nine. The research shows the kids who experience parental incarceration have diminished school achievement, they have behavioural problems, depressive symptoms, acting out. And there's also evidence that these kinds of negative effects associated with parental incarceration are concentrated more among boys than among girls. And there's a very real risk here that incarceration becomes an inherited trait. The underlying issue is we've chosen prison as a way to respond to that problem of crime. And there are a whole variety of ways that we could have chosen to respond to that problem of crime. We've chosen the response of the deprivation of liberty and we've chosen the response of the deprivation of liberty for a historically aggrieved group whose liberty in the United States was never firmly established to begin with. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to AJC Radio tonight. I want you to do me a favor. Remember these names. Willie P., William Williams, Matthew Johnson, Matthew Brown, excuse me, and Eric Jenkins. These four individuals, you're going to learn about who they are. You're going to get inside their minds. You're going to get inside their homes, their daily activities, until suddenly a tsunami hit. And for what? Not for a crime. Not for anything done wrong. Simply because it was time to play a game with the lives of these gentlemen. I'm going to play you a clip right now. This is where the journey begins with these four men, Willie P., William Williams, Matthew Brown, and Eric Jenkins. And we now embark upon this journey. Roll the clip. A predominantly black church in Colorado Springs is accusing police and the El Paso County District Attorney's Office of racial and religious discrimination. The Colorado Springs Fellowship Church has filed a federal lawsuit claiming authorities didn't properly investigate a $20,000 theft. Chief investigative reporter Chelsea Brinsel is live outside the church on Windchime Place to explain. Chelsea. Bart and Lauren, this all started with church members here who say they were trying to help out a family in need. They paid to put up the family in an apartment and then furnished it. And then when the family cut ties with the church, the lawsuit says they took off with the furniture and police failed to properly investigate. 
A 23-page lawsuit filed in federal court by Colorado Springs Fellowship Church accuses Colorado Springs Police and the El Paso County District Attorney's Office of violating church members' civil and religious rights. It was so outrageous, uh, so without merit, we felt that this was a personal targeted attack against the church and its parishioners. The case centers around what took place at an apartment the church paid for and allowed a struggling family to stay at. The lawsuit says in August, the church learned that the family was in violation of the church apartment lease regarding the possession and use of a firearm to threaten an individual. The church says it advised the family of the violation and gave them 30 days notice to move out, stating that they needed to leave the $20,000 worth of furniture and other church property inside. But when that 30 days was up, the family was still there. Church members went to the property to change the locks. The lawsuit claims the family granted them permission to enter the apartment. But shortly after, they say a tenant brandished a gun and a young boy came out with a baseball bat. Church members say they immediately left and called police. The church vice president says police never contacted them for an interview about what happened. But police quickly turned suspicion to the church members and charged them with several felony crimes, including burglary and stalking related to that day. Eventually, the family living in the church apartment moved out and the $20,000 worth of church property was gone. The Colorado Springs Fellowship claims police never investigated their report about the alleged theft. According to the lawsuit, the church says defendants racially profiled the plaintiffs and assumed, at least partly because of their race, that they presented an enhanced threat to public safety. They looked the other way. They did nothing. And to this day, they have not been arrested. They have not been charged. That's unequal justice. The El Paso County District Attorney's Office declined to comment on this lawsuit, telling 13 investigates that there is an ongoing criminal case against church members. The Colorado Springs Police Department did not respond to our request for comment. Reporting live in Colorado Springs, Chelsea Brenzel, 13 investigates. We start tonight this journey with the victims as we tell their story. Willie P., William Williams, Matthew Brown, Eric Jenkins, casualties, if you will, of a cruel system. We will address these men. We start first, David, with Willie P., that's right. And uh, before we get into the what happened, let's unpack um, what occurred and how they ever got charged. Uh, you'll, uh, you'll find there's a rogue police officer, a rogue detective behind the charges um, that wanted that had some sort of axe to grind and decided he was going to charge these four men. Uh Basically, as you heard from the the news report, there was a corporate apartment leased by the church to help a struggling family. The family uh, uh, became belligerent and started doing things in violation of of rules. And the church had furnished the apartment with twenty thousand dollars worth of furniture. Uh, 
the couple and their family left the church and these individuals were a a team of guys that went over there to retrieve the church property that's it they were they they were sent over by church board members and a board member who's actually an occupant on the lease to just simply go over and retrieve church property and tell them ultimately you're going to have to move out uh here's your notice you have to move out of the apartment uh the gentleman the tenant who was staying there uh at the because the church allowed him and his family to stay they decided he was going to pull a gun church members called the police and then all of a sudden weeks later these four men were charged with just from standing over there to retrieve property with with uh burglary it's just unthink and trespassing on a on a lease that actually was in the church's name and they were just there to obtain property so you're gonna ready to find out well how does that happen it happens when there is a system uh, the system and a corrupt actor in this system who just says i can't i can't be hurt from this so i'm gonna do whatever i want to do uh power corrupts so he has the power to do it and he chose to go ahead and charge church members uh interesting interesting enough it, it, it's why a lot of african americans don't call police anyway because you never know what's going to happen are you going to be accused of doing something you didn't do just by virtue of being black but you went to retrieve property property rights are big in this country you went to retrieve property and all of a sudden and you listen to the facts of this case you're going to find out it's absolute nonsense it's completely ridiculous and 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 just totally corrupt of what happened to these guys and 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 what started happening with their lives and how their lives started to be destroyed because of one corrupt police officer let me take you into the life of willie p let's start there anybody that knows again these gentlemen and we're going to start the journey with them and we're going to take you on that journey for a very distinct reason willie p has never met a stranger a man that has a heart of gold a devoted husband navy veteran a veteran in the in the navy good man in a moment not because a crime has been committed i just want to bother you willie p is engaged in outreach throughout this community for years no criminal record criminal background not a thug as one may want to call or categorize certain individuals joining us right now to paint this picture a little clearer is Liz P, the wife of Willie P. 
and good man. Very good man. Very good man. We bring you to ask the question, Liz, is because you lived when this injustice happened to really a, a hero, a father figure, a good husband, a caring person. But he woke up one day, believed in that which was right, that we had reached out to these uh, individuals in an act of kindness. Mm-hmm. He was there. Mm-hmm. How bad was the impact when that train hit? Words can't describe what this did to him our family. There's no such thing as called justice. We showed up when we were needed or he showed up when we were needed and one day, just because you can tell lies and, 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 and say whatever you want to say can affect someone, not only mentally, physically, financially, it has torn I wouldn't say torn, but it, it basically our world is upside down. Strong hit. Very strong hit. Um, Willie P was the uh, main financial source in our in our family, and now we're only on just one income, mine alone at this time because of the the charges uh, that he was faced with. And so you ran into a situation where. You don't wake up in the morning thinking this will happen to me, but this is why the story must be told. Um, a tsunami. And that's putting it lightly. There's not words to describe how this has affected our family, how it has affected myself, how it has affected him, our son, it's just, you never would have thought something like this would happen to someone who's honorable, respectable, a leader. You never would have thought this would have happened. And the point with that statement is simply very clear. If it happens to a law-abiding citizen, no, let, me, let me say this and let me be clear. No criminal record. Nothing. This man gets up in the morning, has a cup of coffee, goes to work, and embarks upon the American dream as we believe is possible until reality set in. The question is, why Willie P? And the question to anybody that suffers such a devastating blow why them? This is the picture of a good family. And I'm sure your faith has helped carry you through. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and the support of those that believe in Willie P. From Texas. That's right. Comes out to Colorado, finds a life, finds a church 
finds faith in that which he believes is real. That's right. But this is, as we said at the beginning, the system. This is the system. And in a moment, and David, as we will get to this detective, and we're going to get on there, but we're going to, be, we're going to, we're going to show these gentlemen who they are. Not because he knew Willie P. Not because he had run-ins with Willie P. I just don't like Willie P. So let's nail him to the wall for no reason. This is the cruelty of the system. How old is Willie P? Willie P is 53. 53 years old. Just a good guy. And you want to come and wreck his world without, and this is what I said earlier, without his faith, and the people that believe and know who Willie P is. What about the person that may not have that type of strength with them or that type of support? They say, you know what, I've had enough. I can't take it. Gratefully, in the plot of Willie P., like the guys that have a go with me to Willie P he has a man cave sits down and watches <laughs> what men do sits back relaxes a man with the voice that's out of this world of an angel but a system showed no concern for that. David? Well, it's just, like I said, it's, it's unexplainable. And until you see and hear the facts behind this, you will just, you will just be completely aghast from, just you don't be able to understand exactly how this happened but then you have to turn your turn your eyes on the police officer who engaged in this and ultimately the prosecutor who decided they were going to do this the facts behind this are startling and the behavior of these officials are nothing less than just despicable and and but Willie P's life really doesn't matter the rest of the guys' lives don't matter to these people. They're just, they're sitting someplace with no accountability. I can do whatever I want to do. I don't like you. I'm just going to screw you over because I can. Uh, and when you listen to the facts, that, that can be the only conclusion that you will be able to draw from, from, uh, from what happened to Willie P and the other three men, uh, impacted from this. Well, my understanding is that Willie P. actually reached out to befriended this young man. I think they went and exercised, worked out together, yeah. sat down to eat together. The only record you have of Willie P. is that he was showing a kindness. And when it came out that there's no doors, or locks rather, on the doors of the church, if you say, hey, I'm just kind of moving on. 
Do so. But you don't take $20,000 worth of property with you. And I say all the time, we live in a cold world. It would have taken a person with a heart of integrity, a detective or an officer, to say, you know what? What happened? What took place here? Doesn't go to trial. There's no charges. But the reason the charges were there, the detective didn't, didn't care. We're going to get to that detective here as we go down through this. And Liz, I appreciate your bravery. Thank you. And talking uh, regarding Willie P. To our listeners, you will know him and who he is by the time this journey is done. Sit back, we say, well, we have the best system to hurt the innocent. Willie P. is one of those innocents. This is AJC Radio. We'll be right back. Because I'm 16, I can't drive at night. Because I'm 16, I can't work past 10 o'clock on a school night. Because I'm 16, I can't get a cell phone contract without my parents. Because I'm 16, I can't get a flu shot without my mother's consent. At 16, I'm not old enough to watch an R-rated movie alone. Because I'm 16, I can't buy a lottery ticket. I can't vote. I can't drink. I can't smoke. I can't join the military. Because I'm 16, I can't sit on a jury, but I can be tried as an adult. I can get a lifetime criminal record. If I get arrested, my parents don't have to be notified. Because I'm 16, my mother had to sign this consent form so that I could participate in this video. But I can go to an adult prison. But I can go to Rikers Island. But I can be sent to Attica. My name is Michael Corriero. I was a judge for 28 years in the criminal courts of the state of New York. New York is one of only two states in the entire nation that it automatically tries children as young as 16 as adults. We need to change that. Last week, my father sent me to my room. Next week, a judge could sentence me to an adult prison. We need to judge children as children. It's time to raise the age of criminal responsibility in New York. Ladies and gentlemen, can I ask you a question? Did you know that there are over 2.4 million people behind bars in the United States? I'll ask you one more question. Were you aware that that is the highest number of people behind bars in the entire world? The United States makes up of only 5% of the world's population but we have over 25% of the world's prison population. America prides itself on being the most advanced and progressive nation on earth. However, sadly, we are also the world's most archaic. 
I'm going to give you a personal invitation to get involved with the fight against mass incarceration. Take a few moments to call 1-855-529-4252. That is a just cause. And we fight for justice. Again, call a just cause today. Don't delay. Call 1-855-529-4252. It is time, and I say high time, that we take America's incarceration seriously. Won't you join us? Call today. Black History Month is huge. It's a way for us to reconnect with our history. Continue to celebrate and acknowledge the immense amount of contributions that black people have made. Black History Month is a celebration of culture. Another opportunity for everyone to remember that we're all human. And to have a month that reminds people that black history is American history. More than just having names and numbers and dates that are in a book. To remember how important it is to be black. I think that the importance of Black History Month is that if you don't know where you came from, you're not going to be prepared for where you're going. We all stand on the shoulders of somebody else. If I stand tall, it's because I'm standing on the shoulders of those who came before me. Black history. More than a month. How often does our justice system get it wrong, convicting innocent people of crimes they did not commit? A new project by the University of Michigan Law School and the Center for Wrongful Convictions at Northwestern University School of Law tries to answer that question. In the last 23 years, more than 2,000 people have been convicted of serious crimes and later exonerated, according to the National Registry of Exonerations. By far, the largest segment was almost 1,200 defendants falsely convicted because of large-scale patterns of police corruption, generally in drug and gun cases. Of the remaining 873 defendants exonerated, nearly half were wrongly convicted of murder, and of that group, 101 were sentenced to death. On average, it took more than 11 years for a conviction to be set aside. Why does the justice system get it wrong? In homicides, the biggest problem is perjury and false accusation, most often by supposed eyewitnesses. False convictions in a Adult rape cases are primarily based on mistakes by eyewitnesses, while false convictions in child sex abuse cases are often for fabricated crimes that never occurred. 2,000 exonerations may seem small in a nation with more than 2.3 million people behind bars, but there are far more false convictions than the report contains. Most false convictions are never formally challenged, and those convictions that are successfully overturned receive little or no attention from the media, according to the report's author. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to AJC Radio tonight. We have, as at the beginning of this show, 
have embarked upon a journey that is one that is extremely difficult. The, as I call it, the cruelty of a system to strip away from life the entrepreneur spirit that every person is entitled to in this country. But we've run into a roadblock, and it's called the system. We have talked about, as we will continue to, many players that contribute to the cruelty of this system by their conduct, by their actions, and the victims of that system. We have dealt into one, which is Willie P. And hearing from his wife moments ago, Dave Zappolo, let me get your thoughts. Uh, it is heart-wrenching that such a thing could happen. But as long as we live behind a wall that is just stonewashed, you can't really see it, we've excused it. How important is it that this picture be painted clearly? People need to understand this. They need to see this. They need to understand that when you are somebody that's innocent and be pulled into the system, the pressure that you end up under is unbearable. The average person listening to this show would never understand that. They won't understand that you're sitting there figuring, what did I do? I didn't do anything. How am I here? Why am I here? You wake up at night and look at that brown wall and say, how did I get here? What did this? And Willie P, he, he couldn't do anything like they said. That's just not in him. When you see this man, when you talk to this man, you know that he is going to reach out to the very last to help somebody. And here they're saying that, oh, no, he abused somebody. That's outrageous. Well, well, to make the statement that these men in, in any way possess violence or uh, it, it, it just doesn't make any sense. At some point, a person's behavior will uh, go before him. No such issue with the, one of the victims that we're talking about tonight out of the four as we tell this story. Not even remotely close. But in a cruel system, it doesn't matter. There are no emotions. There are no right or wrong in this system. It is simply to abuse, to end, to finish, and to hurt. Him from Miss P tonight. Nobody begins to understand it. But we will show you and implore you to understand it. Dave's Apollo speaks from experience. I've known Willie P 20, 30 years, 25 years. Not one thing on his record. But I'm trying to hopefully let you understand. If it happens to a law-abiding citizen with the moral character of Willie P, 
No one is safe. No one is safe. Demetrius. To your point, Lamont, um, the American people need to wake up. It's like the movie The Matrix. They need to wake up. There is no system of justice, as you said. David has this quote all the time. Willie P is 53. You don't wake up and decide at 53, you know what, I'm going to commit a crime. It's You have these bad, corrupt actors. You said the prosecutor, the detective. They didn't even look at the evidence. And you see this as a pattern uh, in this case and other cases that we'll, that you're going to talk about. Yep. They do it the same exact way. How do you, as a detective, only get one side of the issue? You have the, to go. Well, the, the bottom line is the issue is this. This is why the system has to be exposed. Exactly. This is not about uh, we got both sides. We formed a conclusion. Again, as we not to get ahead of ourselves, as we built uh, or lay the foundation really of what I've heard thus far tonight, I'm extremely troubled. How do you hear the wife speak about her husband and the pain that was so unnecessary, so avoidable, but because of the system, it's everyday behavior. It doesn't seem abnormal. You know why? Because we as a society have accepted it. Well, that's just the way it is. Well, he must have did something. He didn't do anything. The four men, remember these names, ladies and gentlemen. Willie P., William Williams, Matthew Brown, Eric Jenkins did nothing wrong. But they became a target of injustice pointed their way. That's why this series will be one, and it will be an indefinite one for quite some time. Go ahead, Samson. No, just uh, just sitting here listening to it, and it's like you know, in the the system as designed, it's supposed to be a presumption of innocence, but we have something that is anything but. And to sit here and just listen to people recount about Willie P. I mean, uh, I remember a personal encounter I had with him. You know, first met him. Um, I mean, he didn't probably know me from Adam's house cap, but I was at probably one of the darkest places that I've, I've been in my adult life. And he was one of three people to actually show up on my doorstep out of concern, out of love, out, out of that heart of gold that you mentioned. And it, it, I mean, it hits me even to this day, the fact that they could bring a man like that and three other men of equal caliber in front of a system and dare say that these men could do anything to harm anyone. You know, the fact of the matter is, is, as everyone at this panel has been talking about tonight, you know, if you can't open your eyes and see that this system is corrupt to its very core, from the highest person in legislation down to the everyday, you know, public defender, they're rotten. I'm not going to accuse the whole bunch because there's probably some good, there are good judges out there, there are good lawyers out there, but there is a systemic problem from top to bottom in this system. When a person can be pulled off the street, indicted, and you ruin their entire life because on a whim? And you know what? To be honest with you, it's not even a whim. It's absolutely innocent. Absolutely nothing wrong. Exactly. And that's what, that's what Kendrick, it's important we paint that picture. You can be at 53, if you were a habitual criminal, 
That'd have been a, that'd, that would have been a very long rap sheet there. Yeah, very this, much so. This is a very controlled situation. Yep. Because in this society, your word against a police officer's word means nothing. You're lying. No matter what evidence you have, you're lying. They're instantly believed. So if they accuse you, there's no oversight to say, hey, uh, w- where'd you get that accusation from or anything like that? No, they go forward. They get to the DA. The DA goes before a sham grand jury. Uh, you got you got 24 people sitting in a room wanting to go home, tired, hungry. Yeah, we'll give you what you want. Let us out of here. Your life has just changed from that point on. You go to trial. They control what evidence you're allowed to present. You don't get to present. You thinking you're going in there like, oh, I got all this evidence. We're going to. We're going to, this is it, the justice system. No, the justice system is controlled to say, we're going to let the jury hear what we want them to hear to support that narrative. And the way I always look at it is when you see those prosecutors and the judge, their checks come from the exact same place. So who do they work for? They're supposed to be working for you, but that's not the case. They're, this is about keeping a society under control and the people that we don't like, we will put that moniker as, as a felon, a criminal on your head. Will 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 anyone that's associated with you will say that hey you must be uh, tainted by your association with a felon, and it's just the ball keeps rolling and rolling and rolling. So to think that any American is safe is is a very naive attitude because all you have to do is cross the wrong person, and your life is going to go down that whole uh, basically government sanctioned canceling by going through this this uh, legal system. No, without question. And Kendrick, uh, his story will be told uh, along with the entire RP5 members. If you hear passion, they have lived the cruelty. You're going to hear all of this, folks. And we, again, tonight, our sole purpose is to lay the foundation as we go forward. There are many people that you will hear about, that you will learn about during this series uh, of what has happened, what has taken place. Clint? to you to, to the thought of why uh, in this this particular case with Willie P uh, how important is it that this picture be painted it's very important um, because these men are innocent when you hear the introduction of the case from David uh, that introduced what took place on the scene uh one would be, you know, if you're in the courtroom, you look to the judge to say, he's supposed to be an umpire. He's supposed to be a referee. How did this get to court? And who calls it in question as to charge with what? Burglary? Trespass? They were invited in? Yeah, so with Willie P., I don't understand it. I know the guy as well and have known him for a long time. Nicest guy you ever want to meet. Beautiful personality. And just as meek and mild-mannered, just a really nice guy, like you said before, never meets a stranger. And the, the, the judge in the case, to me, where is, where is the person that calls that in question? What, why did you bring these charges? How can they possibly be charged with this? And we're going to get into all of that, Clint, to, to, to your point uh, uh, and to, to, to these Situations because people are thinking, well, they did something. Something must have happened. Nothing has to happen. That's the tragedy of being wrongfully convicted, wrongfully done, wrongfully targeted. 
You know what it means to be a target? When all you, you're just a law-abiding citizen, I become a target. You, any person, man, woman, can become a target of what we call the system. Has nothing to do with guilt or innocence. Something happened here. And we reward, we award the criminals freedom. But we target the innocent and give them a tag of criminal. That's what happened with these four guys. The criminals are the ones who committed grand larceny. The criminals are those that tried to take advantage of an act of kindness by a church that simply said, we want to extend our hand and help. They are the criminals, but they are the ones that a detective, a corrupt detective, Brian Carrado, we're going to get to him as well, simply said, don't worry about it. I will coerce you to go ahead and steal the furniture that these men simply came to move. That was the sole purpose of these gentlemen. Nothing else. Somebody said, well, no, you got to stay. Uh, please, Mr. Gaynor, Miss Gaynor, please. No, go your way. But you're not taking. We have another family. We have other families and people in need that will benefit from the Act and Act of Kindness program. What gives you the right to be able to steal? And we'll get to this point. When presented to the district attorney's office that we have a theft to report, guess what was said? We're not even opening the file to look at what these people stole from the church. So now we pick and choose what I want to call a crime or not, but where you didn't even open the file said, just put that over there. I'm not even opening it. I'm not even going to consider it. This is the system. This is the system. William. You know, um, it's kind of hard sitting here listening to this. And um, I was reflecting on the fact that, you know, I was involved in both of these cases. The RP5 case, take the stand and watch them put on this show, the courts, the judge put on the show of what was happening, and then to live it firsthand, you know. But to talk about Willie P, Willie P has been a good friend to me, and I've known him about 25 years. I've worked with him, you know, and, and on several assignments. And he's truly every bit as genuine a person as everyone's described. You would just, he's just a great guy. And it's its hard to sit here and, and you know his family's going through it. They tried to rip, rip that part, rip apart his life. You know, when you think about it, a man that, that has been in the IT field for uh, quite a number of years, now you, you take it away from him. You take his job, you take his earning potential away, you, you put this burden on his family. I mean, these, this is cruelty. 
And it just starts. And they sit there and they look at you and they look at your face. And they, it. I, I mean, I, I can't, I don't know if I have the words to describe the level of cruelty that we've experienced. And when you see this, this man's freedom has been taken away. And they don't care. They absolutely don't care. They don't care about his home, his family, his wife, his child, what they will face. They don't they don't care about anything about that. They realize they have an opportunity to put somebody in this crooked system and to not allow them to get out. And to go through that, to watch them put on this show, it's an act. It literally in the courtroom, it's an act. It is a theatrical production Absolutely. that they put together. I watched it with with the RP five case, and we'll get to that. I know, I know, I yep. know. And, and but to watch it, to live it, and you sit there, and they control the narrative, they control the storyline, and they'll take it. They'll take it exactly where they want it to go, to the predetermined end. That when they stand up and they read guilty, you knew it beforehand. And, and this system, the way this world, it's not innocent until proven guilty. That's not where it's... As soon as those things, those charges, you brought it up earlier. As soon as there's charges, you get walked off of a job. You you know, well, hey, you know, you we can't have you around. And, you know, it's like, wait a minute, hold on, I'm innocent. I'm innocent. Why, why is it that all of a sudden now you're passing judgment on me? Because, These are charges. Well, because the system is about you being guilty. Yes. The presumption of innocence is nothing more than a sham. That is, imp- you, because here's the thing, and we're going to get into this so much, uh, David, that we will have to cover. It is so much, but we're going to cover it because this is one man we've talked about and his family. And this happens every single day. But but I want to I want to say one more thing. Your voice and who you are as a person is never understood. The system doesn't allow you. They automatically once you, once you're 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 stamped with these charges, that's who you are. That's 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 their whole narrative. That's the picture they paint on you, and I see that now. It's it's like now you're a criminal. You're I mean you've just been charged, but you're a criminal. I don't care what you say. They paint that picture. You could you could do all these great things. You could have done all these things. They're not going to allow that per, that person to be seen. They control that. They control the picture. They they put this out and they say this is this person, and they just start tearing. So it's tearing down your 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 character. They're, yes. They're tearing down who you are. They try to strip it all away from you, and it's part of their plan. So I think, believe this is why, ladies and gentlemen, and to all of our listeners across the country, why this is important that this story be told. What we've done tonight is simply lay a foundation to say, look, we are just getting ready to get started on this story. We start that story by introducing you to the people, the human beings, the father, the brother, that this system has is attempted to destroy simply on an accusation 
with absolutely no evidence of any kind to support it. And let, let's uh, uh, allow these people, to, uh, the audience, to understand. These men went over, listen to what I'm saying. These men went over to simply move furniture out of an apartment to a truck. To a truck, and they were sent over there by the corporation, the the, the corporate, the church, whose lease the name uh, that the property uh, that, that the the apartment was in, and all the receipts for the property. They simply went to move furniture. Weeks later, they're charged with burglary, conspiracy to commit burglary criminal trespassing and so how can you so when you really listen okay you the church sent you over to their property you're charged with criminal trespassing with permission with permission to be there not only from the church but from an occupant who's on the lease who's listed as an occupant so they didn't these men didn't get together and say we're going to run over there of our own volition and run into somebody else's property? They were sent there, so how do you get trespass when the person who's an occupant and have has a has a possessory interest in the property sends you over to that property to retrieve furniture that belongs to them? They went over there based on, they were sent there. They were instructed on what to go do, but now how do you come out with burglary and trespassing that's just like if i if i uh invite you into my house then all of a sudden police show up why well, invite them in well, we're going to charge them with trespassing anyway exactly and that that is what we're dealing with here well we're gonna charge them with burglary and th- these guys they were invited over but they conspired to commit burglary how do you how do you conclude this is how yes asinine and how insane these charges are and and we're not this is actually the charges and when and when you continue to listen to the to the actual facts of what happened here you can how can this happen the system you don't know the system you don't know how these people how police officers and prosecutors work in this system you you've been snowed uh you believe anything that comes across the news, somebody's indicted, watch the reactions of news people and people are like, their posture is already, they're guilty and they've only been indicted. That's well, the system. Well, to the good point, that they, and this is what we're going to be kicking off, David, and to, to all of our hosts here next week, is simply the facts. What are the facts? Now, when we present the facts, there's no crime. But when you present the bias, the targeting, it creates this theory of a crime. But my understanding of the law is what are the facts of the case? To David's point, the facts are these four guys did not wake up on a Saturday and say, you know what, why don't we go across town? Get the van, get the truck. We're going to actually knock on this person's door and take their furniture. It was an organized effort to protect property. Every American in this country has, I would believe, a sense of 
pride that my property is mine and I have a right to protect it. That's our rights. These men, no record, say, hey, they're given instruction by a tenant. Go over there. We need you to pack up the place. Um, the people have chosen not to continue under the program. Pull up in a truck so they can load the furniture and put it up for the next family that may need it. These are the facts. You have a major fact that people want to leave out. The officer of the church called CSPD. Did they call me and say, hey, by the way, we're doing a reality TV show. We're going to actually be breaking and entering. Can you show up and be a part of it? It make any sense. They called and said when this intruder who became an intruder by his own conduct pulls a gun the officer of the church says we will do what is legally correct call the CSPD explain this gentleman has pulled a gun there are people involved that could get harmed we must call they did the responsible thing these are the facts upon doing this action the officer of the church begins to show documentation that this is church property. We are here to collect church property. These are the facts. And in all the facts we've just run down in that few minutes, there is not one single crime. There's no crime committed. We go as far as to say when the gentleman pulls the gun, we're leaving. We don't want no part of this. And left. These are the facts. If they voluntarily left, if they supposedly came to steal or to burglarize, they called the police. Criminals don't call the police. They don't do it. And all it would have took is that, you know, you guys called... We're supposed to believe, as we get into this officer uh, uh, next week, as we lay the facts out, Detective Brian Corrado should be ashamed of the badge on his chest because he didn't do his job. He manufactured charges. That's what he did. He thought, well, I'll manufacture charges. Now the people that call you for help, You victimize them and say, we're going to charge you. These are the facts. And when you look at it that way, and we haven't even begun to scratch the surface, but you're going to hear the facts in the weeks to come. What are the facts here, man? You're going to hear about judges, prosecutors, witnesses. Liars. They have nothing better to do than to tear down people's lives and exercise cruelty at a level we have not seen. 
These are the facts, ladies and gentlemen. And I'd like to put in another point. This is why <clears throat> when the officials, police uh, brass were called about, they don't do anything about it. About what this detective was doing. That's and right. then they wonder why their reputation it gets sullied and people don't trust police. Well, I called you about a corrupt official. I provided you with evidence of what this official did and nothing is ever done. The chief of police could have immediately just stopped the whole thing. The district attorney could have scuttled this corrupt act. They chose not to. The judge could have scuttled and dismissed this entire frivolous manufactured prosecution. She chose not to do so. So what are we to think about the system that you're calling a justice system? When every actor in that system refuses to do the right thing. Is there any integrity in the system? Everybody works together. Well, that, uh, that pros uh, Joe prosecutor over there, he's he's a good friend of mine. Yeah, but they try to paint it on television. Oh, internal affairs beyond it. There's no such thing. They're policing themselves. It's it's a, it's it's a fraud. See, they sell this. It's like each week when you watch these police shows, they're advertising to the public, this is how police works, and it doesn't. There is no internal affairs. They all they all work together, and they're really against you. So if they if one of them charges you, if the job is to make sure this gets to the system, we don't care about your life. You know, this is about us looking like we're still the good guys. The system is against you. Don't think the system is for you. It's for those people in the system and who's ever asked the people uh, from that system to go after you. It's not about your rights. It is just not. And when you continue to listen to, to what happened here, you can't find an official from the police up to the judge that actually cared about doing the right thing if this is a manufactured prosecution and it's clear it's a manufactured prosecution who's going to do something about it you're supposed to be there protecting my rights but instead the judge allows this sham this railroad job to continue on all the way to because they they know the score they already know a jury thinks you're guilty by the fact that you're sitting there and you're charged with the crime. They already know that's the case. Um, so yeah, we can push this on forward, get them on the uh, on the other side of a conviction. With the appellate court going to do something? Well, let, let me tell you something. A member, a, a congressional lawyer in Washington D.C. actually stated that the appellate court is there to uphold conviction. That's uh, words coming out of his mouth. So. This is the system. Okay, we can appeal. You can appeal till you turn blue. Um, ultimately, in the in the overwhelming majority of cases, they're going to uphold the conviction unless it's so blatant until we just can't do this and look like uh, 
uh, we'll look completely like idiots if we don't do something about what happened here. That's what happened in the George Floyd case. That's when they actually do something. Too much publicity, too much video. We have to do something. Not because they're compelled by doing the right thing. That has nothing to do with it. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to know uh, that we are just getting started. The foundation tonight has been laid. We deal with actors next week. What actors started? What did they do? Judge Aaron Sokol, the judge in this case, had several opportunities to do the right thing. She chose not to. You will hear about her. You will hear about a jury that was tampered with. But because a jury is tampered by the prosecution or the judge, there's no penalty. It's okay. We look the other way. Why is a jury told to speak to whoever you want, but ultimately is scared to speak because of some type of behind closed doors instruction that was given by a judge or a prosecutor? We're just getting started. We launch out into the deep next week. This is AJC Radio exposing a system. Where is Lady Justice? She cannot be found. This is AJC Radio. We'll be right back. What's up, y'all? It's your boy Cam on stage, and I'm afraid I'll be killed by police. Not all police, just one police officer who fears first life and thinks I have a gun. I'm afraid I'll match the description of someone who called 911, the police will arrive, and before I know it, I'll be dead. Not all cops are bad, but for me, all it takes is one who is afraid for his life, and that leaves me dead. He could have had a pristine record up until that, but if he's afraid that day, that means it's the end for me. He could have been a bad cop his whole entire career and not be afraid, that means the end for me. I used to think this wouldn't happen to me because I'm a law-abiding citizen. I won't ever be doing anything or be anywhere I shouldn't be. I'll comply with officers, but that doesn't always seem to be the case. Here's some examples of what black people were doing when they were killed by police. Selling CDs outside of a supermarket. Selling cigarettes outside of a corner store. Walking home with a friend. Missing a front license plate. Riding a commuter train. Holding a fake gun in a park in Ohio. Holding a fake gun in a Walmart in Ohio. Holding a fake gun in Virginia. Calling for help after a car accident. Driving with a broken brake light. Failing to signal a lane change. Walking away from police. Walking toward police. Running to the bathroom in your apartment building. Walking up the stairwell of your apartment building. Sitting in your car before your bachelor party. Holding your wallet. Not wearing a seatbelt in police custody. Attending a birthday party. Laughing. The thing that makes me most afraid is I'll be afraid. I don't know what I'll do if a police officer has a gun pointed at me and is shouting instructions. I'm afraid I'll move too fast, too slow, not fast enough. I'll reach for something he asked me to reach for and he'll think it's a gun. I'm afraid I won't be calm and me not being calm could be the end of me. I'm afraid that I can die in front of my wife or children or both. I'm afraid my children will be somewhere without me and suffer the same fate. I'm afraid the police officer will be in plain clothing so they won't even recognize that this is a police officer and they don't respect him and treat him like the authority he is because they don't know he is. And here's what's going to happen if I die. People will comment on a post about me and here's what they'll say. 
If he would have just done this, he would be alive today. If he would have just done that, he'd be alive today. All you have to do is listen to police and you'll be fine. If he would have just listened to the officer's orders, he'd be here today. If you care so much, why don't you care about what's happening in Chicago? What about black on black crime? Don't you care about that? The media will find the worst picture of me to use. And since I don't have any brushes with the law or mugshots, they'll find the most menacing or intimidating photo they can use. They won't use any of my wife or children or my family because that doesn't tell the story that they want to tell. Tammy Lauren will get on TV and tell them it was my fault or Glenn Beck or Sean Hannity or Rush Limbaugh will get on the radio. Fox News will have a field day with me. They'll say, we don't have all the facts. The video doesn't clearly show. You don't know. What if he was? It looked like he was. You can't tell clearly. We can't see what's in his right hand or left hand. You don't know what the officers were feeling. The NRA won't protect me or protest my death, even if I say I'm a licensed gun owner and I tell the police officer that when he pulls me over. The video will be posted all over the internet in a matter of seconds, and whether or not you want to see it, you will see my dead body lying on the ground or a video of an officer shooting me or me dying live on Facebook. And then people will say it's not about race, we're all one people, all lives matter, and then life will go on. That's the scariest thing. After a while, life will go on. The officers may or may not get arrested. More than likely, they won't be convicted. More than likely, they won't even be indicted. And before you can totally mourn my death, it'll happen again. That's why I'm afraid. Diversity is a huge part of our society. We need it, it's instrumental, it's invaluable. If you leave out certain people, you then in turn really limit creativity and society's ability to solve problems. That's what we can do in the next four years. Our world is not singular. There are so many voices and experiences that deserve to be heard and expressed. Diversity is really the key to life. Without diversity, life becomes stagnant. It acknowledges and values the importance of everyone, which makes us as a country even better. Martin Luther King, he had a dream. It was for everybody to be united. To stand up for freedom together. Without diversity, there's no progress. And that's what black history is. Black history. More than a month. My nephew Joshua was 13 when he was killed in 2001 was living with me at the time. He asked me, can I go by Billy's house? I thought, well, you know, what's the harm in that? You know? My mistake was I assumed that there was a parent home. I assumed his father had his weapon properly secured. The kid had removed the magazine, so the kid was sure that the gun was safe. And he, what he didn't know was there was a bullet chamber. Joshua had this fear of weapons because he lost his mother to gun violence. I think this kid really pulled the trigger to show Joshua that, that it was not dangerous. The hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life is to tell my mom we have to bury her grandson. The pain was so great, we just wanted to do something positive. And we also wanted to try to prevent families from experiencing the same pain that this put my family through. 
we began working with the End Family Fire campaign. Family Fire is the accidental shooting of a family member with a weapon that was improperly secured, improperly stored. It's a difficult conversation for people. You don't want to ask or say anything to your neighbors because you don't want to offend them. But there are important things we should know. Where are they going when they play? <laughs> what is the environment of that home? We have to understand that children are inquisitive. They're curious. And there's not one corner of the house that they haven't gone through. If you're a gun owner, you have to make sure your weapon is inaccessible. It will save the family from the pain and the trauma that my family's put through. Because once that happens, it's forever. And if I could prevent one family from experiencing that, then his life will have some purpose. ask yourself the question, what's next? What lies ahead on the horizon as the exposure of corruption in a system that has exercised acts of cruelty beyond comprehension? What's next? You do not want to miss. Tonight, AJC Radio made a commitment that we expose corruption in a system that has affected real people, real lives that are in flux, if you will, in a situation that how does one recover? Tonight we heard from Liz P., the wife of Willie P., one of the victims of this cruel system. We will begin to, next week, get into the substance and the relevance of all of these actors. To Judge Sokol, to the prosecutor, to, to Detective Brian Corrado, and many others. We're just getting started. And we'll also uh, showcase uh, and bring forward some other family members who suffered as a result, similar to Liz P., the wife of one of the other individuals uh, will come forward. She'll talk next week about the impact of manufacturing cases against people, indicting and, and convicting people wrongly. And a whole lot more uh, will be that we'll be talking about. It, it's. Uh, I'll tell you what. It's a. It's a. Uh a full book, if you will, of information. Uh, but we're going to pull it piece by piece until you begin to understand that how do I avoid being a victim? You cry out against those that have tried and attempted to make you a victim. And Judge Sokol, who's been in the community here as a judge, hand-forced to recuse herself. Why does one recuse herself from a any type of proceedings regarding these men. Something has been compromised. We're going to deal with it. And I can guarantee you right now, AJC Radio will not hold back in exposing that type of 
corruption. Dave, as we get ready for next week, uh, this is getting ready to get very serious. Oh, absolutely. When you start hearing all of these stories here, how this affected families, how the how these men were pulled into a situation that they did not cause, you are going to be shocked. You're going to realize that this could happen to you at any time in your life. And in most cases, it's happening to people all over the country the exact same way. This is serious business, folks. Please feel free to tune in next Thursday, uh, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Mountain Time. Um, and we're going to be, again, beginning this journey as now the foundation has been laid in regards to all of these actors down to a corrupt detective who had a hidden agenda of bias. And uh, we're going to get to the bottom of it. So, folks, tell your family, tell your friends, tell anybody you know to tune in next week, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. as uh, Just Calls, AJC Radio mounts the offensive, exposing a corrupt system that has lost her way. This is AJC Radio. Till next time, America, good night.